You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. There is so much confusion in the world right now. Anger, animosity, things going on. People asking themselves, how am I going to make it? Will I ever make it? What do I have to do to make it? And you feel it's really tough. And the Bible tells us that in the last days it will become tough. But God will see us through. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, God will see you through. Turn to the person on the other side and say, God will see you through. Family, listen to me. Yesterday is history. Today is an opportunity. And tomorrow is a mystery. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. But the Bible says it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. So God wants you to come to Him and say, How is it going to work? How can I make it work? What should I do? To go from where I'm right now, Lord, to where you want me to be. The Bible says, in a difficult time, ask him for wisdom. What should I do, Lord? How should I do it? And the Lord will show you the way every time. If he has not given you clear direction immediately, it's because he wants to strengthen your desire for him. Maybe he wants to strengthen your prayer life. It could even be that he is preserving you. You say, I want to do this now. Lord, how should I do it? And the Lord doesn't say anything. Because the Lord knows if you do it right now, it can be detrimental. Like I shared with you, even in this building project, we were pushing, pushing, pushing for this one thing. And then they said, you have to build this road. That's the way that you have to do it. And we said, okay, well, if that's what we have to do, we're going to do it. And then I just met with one person. He says, but why do you do it like this? You should just do it like this and save the money. Can we do that? Yes, you can. Well, let's do it then. One simple conversation. Because everything that God has made is linked to each other. I cannot preach to you if you're not here. It means a pastor needs congregation members. The thumb needs the hand, the hand needs the arm, the arm needs the elbow, the elbow needs the shoulder. Otherwise, it cannot function. We are one another's strength. We are here to help each other. You know what's one of the biggest mistakes right now in our world that's causing people to lose focus? We are reminding each other what we are doing wrong. Criticizing each other, condemning each other, instead of improving what we see is wrong. You can never improve a situation by criticizing it. As a believer, you have to show a more excellent way. It's easy to say it, but to do it sometimes is very difficult. When you are working and certain things are frustrating you. Just in your family. We have to show a more excellent way. 
Many things that the young people do is challenging for us as elderly. A telephone. You used to phone a number. Now you phone a person. You don't say, call this number quickly. You say, phone this person. Because everybody's got a cell phone. And if you don't have one, consider yourself blessed. People are criticizing each other. Pointing fingers. Arguing and fighting. Listen to me, family. The only thing that the devil has got connecting him to you is your past. Your defeat, your failures, your disappointments from the past is the only thing that he's got linking himself to you. But when you accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he disconnects you from your past. And you are linked up with God in Christ Jesus. It's then when the Lord says, it's over. Many of us never enter into our good futures because we're always looking back at our bad past. Turn to your neighbor and say, everybody's got a sad song. Turn to the person on the other side and say, everybody's got a sad song. Can I tell you something? I'll assure you there's somebody whose song is more sad than yours. There are most people who would say, I'll jump into your shoes right now. But I'm here to tell you this morning, the Lord has said, it is over. Your past is over. And if the Lord says your past is over, it means you've been disconnected from those things in the past that's been keeping you back. And you should change your confession from today. Are you ready to change your confession? Listen what the Bible says. Romans 4 verse 25. Who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Justification means just as if you have never sinned. The thing that keeps you back to walk in confidence and to do what God has called you to do is the things of the past. I made a mistake there. I failed there. I tried so hard there. I worked harder than everybody else. And I didn't get it. Can I tell you something? Top CEOs, one of their characteristics is that when they've made a mistake, they have the ability or the grace to put it behind them very quickly and to move on. It means not to ponder on those mistakes too long, but to move it on. Ring fence it, say that's what happened, that's what we can learn from it, let's move on. Because if you now look and stare at that mistake, ooh, did I do it again? This is not the first time. This is now the tenth time. Ooh, I wonder when number 11 is going to come. Let me just wait for number 11 in the future. And you're walking looking for defeat and failure. Whereas God says defeat and failure are things of the past. You are walking with the Lord now. You know what justification means? Justification means just as if you've never sinned. When you go into a project, when you do something, you go in like there's no failure. Because God has made you for success. You were designed to be successful. Even when Joseph was in prison, because the Lord was with him, he made him to prosper, to be successful. He never behaved like a slave. 
He behaved like a ruler, like the king that God had called him to be. When he was in prison, he said, I know where I belong. When he was in the pit, he said, I know where I belong. The Passion Translation says, Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. Family, listen to me. If Jesus did not cancel our past, what would have happened to us today? Where would we be today? If you realize you are here today because God canceled your past, He dealt with your sins, your defeats, and your failures. And He says it is over. Make a decision from today to live a life. It's over. My past is over. Defeat and failure are things of the past. I'm walking with the Lord. Let me leave this with you. Christ's victory is past tense. It means it's done. If there's defeat and failure pressing against you, it is a fruit. When you are born again, you are linked up with a root of righteousness. That fruit cannot remain. When you are born again or you come for deliverance, Many times people say, I've come for deliverance, for God to heal me or to bring change or breakthrough. But nothing has changed. Family, listen to me. When Christ comes, he strikes at the root. When you believe Christ is striked at the root and you've been disconnected from your past, it means that root of defeat and failure has been cut. The fruit that you are seeing now it, you'll see it shrivel up and die. What happens, we say, God is my deliverer. I'm going for deliverance. Then you receive deliverance. And the next day, you still see some of the fruit. Don't let the fruit that you see change your confession. I'm helping some of you here this morning. And in that way, many people blaspheme. And they say, this Christian stuff does not work, or prayer does not work. Why should we pray? Because we walk by what we see. Whereas the Bible says we don't walk by what we see. We walk by faith. When you walk by faith and you look at yourself, the things that make you be hard on yourself, criticize yourself, judge others, is your past, not your future. God says it is over. If your past is over, why are you looking in two different directions? Don't look to the past anymore. Amen? For you to move forward, you have to conquer your past. And the truth is, Jesus is the one who conquered your past for you when he died on the cross. All that he requires of you is to accept what he has done on the cross. Amen? Turn with me in your Bibles to Luke 7, verse 36. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. Afterwards, a Jewish religious leader named Simon asked Jesus to his home for dinner. Jesus accepted the invitation. When he went to Simon's home, he took his place at the table. In the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets, known to all to be a prostitute. I always ask myself, how did all of them know that she's a prostitute? 
That's what religion will do to you. Huh? You think about that. How did all of them know she's a prostitute? <laughs> your confession will always reveal what's going on in your heart. Amen. Everybody knows. No, everybody doesn't know. Just because you know doesn't mean everybody knows. But why do you know? <laughs> and in the neighborhood, there was an immoral woman of the streets known to all to be a prostitute. When she heard about Jesus being in Simon's house, she took an exquisite flask made from alabaster, filled it with the most expensive perfume, went right into the home of the Jewish religious leader and knelt at the feet of Jesus in front of all the guests, Broken and weeping, she covered his feet with the tears that fell from her face. She kept crying and drying her feet with her long hair. Over and over she kissed Jesus' feet. Then she opened her flask and anointed his feet with the costly perfume as an act of worship. When Simon saw what was happening, he thought, this man can't be a true prophet. If he were really a prophet, he would know what kind of a sinful woman is touching him. He was a religious leader, thinking I'm doing everything. I'm living according to the law. But what was going on in your heart? This part teaches us so much. Remember, she was a prostitute. Reference in the Bible tells us that it was 300 denarii. A day's wage was one denarii. That means 300 denarii. It was a year's income that she brought to Jesus. That could have been her way, a ticket out for not being a prostitute anymore. Saying, I can look after myself for one year or start another business or do something else. But she realized to be disconnected from her past, money could not buy it. She needed God intervention. And that's why she came to him. She was a very modest person. Did you see his comment? Why was this not used for something better? Don't you know what kind of a woman is giving this to you? Judging her. But she knew she had to be disconnected from her past. Go to the New King James. Let me just show you something quickly. Luke chapter 7. Let me read from verse 37. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. Family, listen to me. She did not even consider herself worthy. To approach him face to face. She came from behind. Knowing. That she was a sinner. Desperate in need of salvation. She came with this. A year's income. A year's income. In her hand. From behind. In humility and sincerity of heart. Knowing that whatever she's got in her hands, God is the one who has provided, has brought it to her. 
What do people do in churches today when they give a year's salary? I've come this morning to bring before you and declare what I'm giving to the Lord. 300,000 or 300 denarii. And not just in any way, in an alabaster flask. Can you see it? But glory to God. We're giving it to God. Here the Bible teaches us this woman came from behind. In humility and sincerity of heart. Knowing what she is giving, she's giving it unto the Lord. Desperately in need of salvation. To be disconnected from her past. We can say no to sin. But we cannot say yes to righteousness unless the Lord is involved. Unless the Holy Spirit is involved. Too many people are trying to change their lives without the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me just first sort out my life. Then I'll come to church. Let me just sort out this. Then I'll be a part of the ushering team. Let me just sort out this quickly. Then I'll get involved in this and do this for you, God. And you've been trying to change that in your life for how long? Whereas God says, it is over. When you come to Christ, that victory is past tense. You are more than a conqueror. And this woman comes. And she's judged by the people. But she needs a revelation. She needs deliverance. She needs to be disconnected from her past. And she knows the only one that can do that is Jesus Christ. She was driven by Christ's spirit for a better future. When I think about that, wow. Mentioned in the Bible forever. To lift our faith. Not to be religious. The Bible says she was in a Pharisee's house, a religious setup. Even the adulterous woman that was caught in the act that they brought to Jesus. If she was caught in the act, where was the man? He was one of the Pharisees standing there. Where everybody knows who she is. Maybe as they said, she was caught in the act. He could have pointed at any of the guys. Jesus says, I don't judge her. I don't condemn her. If you've not done anything wrong, pick up the first stone and throw it. I've come to disconnect her from her past. Who was the person that got the message? Go and tell my disciples I'm risen. Was it not a prostitute? Would you entrust a message that Jesus the Christ is risen to a prostitute? The thing is, you're looking at her from natural eyes saying she's a prostitute. Whereas God from heaven was looking at her, seeing a sinner saved by grace that is now a saint. Somebody with the treasure of Christ on the inside. Somebody who is faithful. Somebody that knows I've been forgiven of much. Can now be entrusted with the message to go tell the apostles. Peter. John. Go tell my apostles, I'm risen. And she's disconnected from her past. 
linked up to her good future and she starts to preach the message of light and life to who first the apostles you can be a mother at home or you could be a prostitute the worst of sinners it doesn't matter the worst of sinners and the best out there still need jesus still need to be born again still need to be disconnected from their past from defeat and failure and jesus said on the cross it is finished it is over if you believe it is over change your confession from today she didn't say when jesus said go and tell my apostles i've risen oh lord do you know i'm a prostitute do you know what i've done lord can you see you have no excuse when you allow christ in your life to fulfill your assignment young people don't say i'm a teenager i'm gonna jaw a little bit now you'll jaw yourself into hell all my friends are partying and drinking so it's called the narrow way it's not called the broad way you're not supposed to do what everybody is doing you're supposed to be different this is the year with the difference oh, i'm just gonna let them experience a little bit listen your parents how can you let them experience hell no just go play a little bit you cannot make a deal with the devil it is over the things that are behind you are behind you you've got a future ahead of you focus on those things otherwise the enemy will use things he's trying to use things to link himself to you christ came to disconnect us from sin does that mean you're never going to make a mistake again no everybody makes mistakes everybody makes mistakes but in our hearts we've purposed not to live for unrighteousness we've purposed in our hearts we want to live for righteousness you know how many people are in the prayer line here because of decisions that they have to make i want god's opinion do you know what's one of the things keeping them back the most they passed it's the truth turn with me to john 15 verse 3 this woman i can say so much about this woman but she nothing swayed her she had a steadfast look even though she came from behind her focus was on jesus when she met with him she just started crying and weeping many times you'll see people in deliverance have you seen in deliverance when people have been delivered nothing happens they get delivered and after delivered suddenly they start to cry have you seen that do you know why that is because they realize christ has forgiven them and then before that they never really saw what they did wrong because what sinners do the best is they sin sometimes you are surprised can you believe this person did this no i'm not surprised are they born again no well what are you expecting they are sinner they're gonna sin sometimes we're so shocked you're living in the world you're not in heaven yet even christians make mistakes because they've not renewed their minds the battle is here so even when people accept christ and they come for deliverance you'll see once they are delivered and disconnected they suddenly realize what they have done they suddenly realize where that sin would have taken them and destroyed their lives and they start to cry they start to weep they suddenly realize christ has forgiven me of all those sins and that revelation brings tears can you imagine paul on the way to damascus he must have been bawling his eyes out realizing suddenly 
I've killed Christians. I've killed my brothers. But he said, I've done nobody wrong. Because when I did that, I did it ignorantly. But now God has brought revelation. I'm now born again. He says, now I understand the width and the height and the depth of Christ's love. He says, he loves me so much. He says, I'm making mistakes, but you know what I'm doing? I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. The life that I'm living, I'm trying to live it through the Holy Spirit to lead me and to guide me. He said, if my behavior is different, it's because I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. My past is over. I've wronged no man. But if you read the Bible, you think, oh no, Booty, we know what you did. Were you not there in Acts when these guys got killed? Huh? He says, no, that's not heaven's opinion of me. My past is over. Defeat and failure are things of the past. I'm linked up with God. I'm now walking with the Lord. Family, those that created yesterday's pain does not control your future. Those that created yesterday's pain and disappointment does not hold your future. Christ holds your future. The only thing that the devil has got to connect himself to you is your past. And your past is over. But the things causing conflict in our lives is our past. I made a mistake here. I did this. Just think about your own life. In Genesis 8 verse 21, God said, Never again will I put man under a curse because of what people do. I know that from the origin their thoughts and their deeds are evil. The one translation says, God knows that the imagination of man is evil. It's not in us to just do good because of the nature of sin that's on the inside of us. But Christ came to disconnect us from that. He knows that we are undeserving of His grace. That's why He chooses grace rather than works, so that no man should boast. Think about the man at the pool of Bethesda that was healed. What did Jesus say to him? He said, Go and sin no more, lest a worse thing happens to you. What was he saying? He says, if you now look back at your past, a worse thing can happen to you. Get away from your past. Don't sin anymore. Don't continue in that lifestyle anymore. And now live for God. It's very dangerous to look back. It's very dangerous to want to go back. You have been disconnected from your past. Walk in that which God has called you to walk in. Family, listen here. When God says it's over, it means that depression is over in Jesus' name. When God says it's over, it means that poverty in Jesus' name is over. When God says it's over, that limitation in your life is over in Jesus' name. Whatever you are battling with, if God says it's over, it's over. Change your confession from today. And believe who God says you are. But the problem is, as soon as we look back, we become double-minded. Do we still make mistakes? Yes. Do we still miss the mark? Yes. But God is here to help us, to take us from where we are to where he wants us to be. Isaiah 43 verse 18. Do not remember the former things. In 
plain language, he says, forget about your past. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old or the things from long ago. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. You shall not know it. I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Do you know what's the problem? The problem that we have, we try to combine our past with our future. And now we want to move forward. Well, you cannot. You have to let go of your past and say, bye-bye past. You stay there and move forward with your future. We think it's a matter of combining our own strength with Christ's strength. A matter of combining where we come from to where we are going. No. Our past, Egypt, was a place of defeat and failure. It was the Egypt that caused them to make a golden calf. Combining what God says they have to do with their past. It's not a matter of combining the two. It's being led by the Holy Spirit in the newness of what God has got for you. Man cannot discover new oceans if he does not lose sight of the shore. Let it go, let it go. Cold doesn't bother me anyway. You're lying. Your cold heart is affecting you. Just saying you're going to ignore it isn't going to change anything. You have to be linked up with God. Let it go. Your past is over. Let it go. Sometimes people make us so angry and disappoint us so much that we don't want to let it go. Why? Because we make ourselves judge. And we just want to rub their noses in it a little bit. And make them feel what we are feeling. All that you are showing is you've not let it go. I sometimes say after a sermon on a Sunday, I'm thinking, this is such a good word. Thank you, Lord. This week, I'm going to get it right. And before Tuesday, I have to say to myself, remember, God said, it's over. Let it go. And I'm thinking, Lord, thank you that as the pastor, I'm the only one writing this test, and you're keeping the congregation away from these tests. No! You have to write your own test. You have to allow the Word of God to work in your own life. You have to speak to yourself and say, it's over. God said, it's over. And if you believe it, then you hold on to that confession and you walk in the light of your testimony. Amen. Family, listen to me. Jesus never discusses your past in determining your future. The one who discusses your past is the devil. Because it's the only thing that he's got linking himself to you. You know, there's some people in your past, you want to just keep them there. Because you don't want to be linked to them. Am I right? Unless they get born again, then you can be linked to them. But there's certain people, you know, just, amen. You've got people like that. You know, God does not discuss your past in determining your future. Stop discussing your past. God knows the thoughts that he has towards you to give you a future and to give you a hope. Every time we want to focus on our future, the devil is there to remind you about your past. It's true. John 5, 14. 
I quoted it earlier, and I want to read the Passion Translation. A short time later, Jesus found the man at the temple and said to him, Look at you now, you're healed. Look at you now, you're blessed. Look at you now, you're delivered. Look at you now, you've been set apart to do something for God. Walk away from your sin so that nothing worse will happen to you. If you go read the book of Psalms, it says, first you walk, then you stand, then you sit when it comes to sin. So nobody just sits comfortably and sin. You first walk with people doing those same kind of things. Let's go here, man. It's just fun. It's nothing serious, man. Don't be. You first walk with them. Then you stand with them. Now it's difficult to get you. And then you sit and then you're comfortable in that. He says, walk away from that sin. Joseph had to run away when sin and temptation was there. There's no excuse. We should run away. Amen? You know when people don't run away, the Bible teaches us in the book of James, you think about it. Then you meditate upon it. Now it goes into your heart. And now when that sin starts to grow, it manifests and produces death. Nobody just sins. You think somebody just goes, I, I just walked into the bank and I suddenly had this urge to rob the bank. <laughs> and when I looked here, there was a gun here and I took the gun and I robbed the bank. No, no, no. You were thinking about it. You were planning it. Hmm? I, 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 went, I just went to this party just to social. And after half an hour, I just found myself I was drunk. Just wasted. Huh? What do you mean? They put it in ivy. I'm sure you picked up a glass and started drinking. And you said, can I have another one? <laughs> do you think we brain dead in the church? We have the Bible that tells us how these things work. But I always drink like that. It's because your past is not over. You've not disconnected from your past. You're not that person anymore. The Bible says, he that used to steal, let him stop stealing now. He used to get drunk, let him not get drunk anymore. Just happened. Happened what? You're talking nonsense, man. You planned it. You lied to your mother. I'm going to my friend. We're sleeping. Over. We're watching videos. What? Uh, we're watching um, Shrek 2 is out now. We're going to watch Shrek 2. And what else? And um, whatever they've got there. They've got a brother works at a video shop. He's bringing videos. You plan that you lie. From there you go to the party where you know they've got alcohol and drugs and cigarettes. And the boy that you're so interested in that you're not talking to, which is an open secret that the two of you are eyeing each other, it's going to be there. You won't believe, Mom. There's nothing happening between us. I just suddenly bumped into him and I left, connected and he started French kissing me. The devil made me do it. Talking nonsense. You planned it. You were thinking about it, meditating about it. You know, one thing I can tell, I, I thank God for my kids, but they know. We have the gift of discernment. As a pastor, you have the gift of discernment. You know what that means? 
means you know when somebody's not telling the truth. I think I've told you, when I started working here in, um, in Midrand, the CEO asked me, what did you do before you came and worked? I said, I was a pastor. He says, a pastor? He says, that's very good for business. I said, why? He says, because people will lie to you, but you'll know the truth. He says, that's good for business. <laughs> so children, your parents are in a living church. They have discernment. You can lie to them. They know when you're lying. Hmm? They know when you're lying. And if you want to start at this age to lie, guess what you'll be doing in your 20s? You'll be a super liar. And you'll be building your life on lies. And you'll think, is I'm going to have a great job. I'm going to be successful. Guess what? You're lying. Because you cannot plant seeds of lying and think the truth must uphold you. Your past is over at the age of 16 or 12. Go read the Bible. A Joseph was probably 12, 13 years old. A David, when he killed Goliath, probably 15, 16 years old. In relationship with God, worshiping, knowing that worship can help him, protect him against a lion and a bear. Your past is over. Don't first think you have to build up this bad past and then I'll come to Jesus and say, Jesus, please forgive me of all my wrongs. Let God lead you now and have that beautiful testimony. I've walked with God. I've been led by the Holy Spirit from a young age. My past is over and I believed it. Philippians 3 verse 12. When you believe your past is over, the accuser will flee automatically. But when you don't believe your past is over and you're still looking at the things of the past, it attracts the accuser. Because the only thing he's got linking himself to you is your past. But when your past is over, there's nothing. When your past is over, that family curse has been dealt with. Philippians 3 verse 12, listen what Paul says. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. He's saying, I've not arrived. I'm still getting there. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But I run with passion into this abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this trust God however I do have one compelling focus I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus so let all who are fully mature have the same passion and if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. Faith focuses on God instead of fo focusing on your past. We've not arrived. We're not perfect yet. But it is those imperfect things that we've done, those mistakes, we put it behind us. The New King James says, it's not that I've got hold of God, but God is the one who got hold of me. And he lifted me up. The one thing that I do, I put the things of the past behind me. And I focus to the upward calling. God's purpose, God's plan. Because God holds your future.
it's time for us to say my past is over defeat and failure are things of the past you that has had the desire to start a new business but they failed previously you can go to god and say god is it the right time now amen many people in the marketplace right now you've experienced defeat and failure and you want to run away you should say my past is over because by staying there god has prepared a promotion for you but sometimes we cannot move forward where we find ourselves in the marketplace because we're looking at the mistakes we've made i think it's general uh, ge no not ge um g uh, gen um GM Motors, I think it was GM Motors or Ford, one of their top executives made something like a hundred million dollar mistake. And he wanted to hand in, he actually came to the CEO with his resignation and he said, here's my resignation, I know I've made this mistake, I'll, I'll resign. And he said, I'm not accepting this resignation because you've made this mistake and I know you will never ever make it in your entire life. Why, why, why would I let you go and work for another company now and not make those mistakes there? I'm keeping you here. Your past is over. Learn from it and move forward. And don't make the same mistakes. God is not looking at your past in determining your future. The devil is the one who wants to remind you of your past failures. Look to God. He says, I know the thoughts I have towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Jesus is a tomorrow thinker. He's thinking about your future right now. Align yourself with him. The mistakes of the past, put it behind you. And focus on the things that's ahead of you. Amen? In your relationship, if you're looking at all the mistakes that you've made in your marriage... You think, okay, let me just run away. Forget that. Look at the beautiful future. Look at how beautiful your wife is getting every day. How she smiles more at you. When that love is there for God, there's love for people. It makes it easier. The devil would want to remind you of your past mistakes. Put it behind you. Some of you have not entered into new relationships, not got married yet. Because you're thinking about all the mistakes of the past. Put it behind you and move forward. Siela. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.